Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Guys, it, it's funny watching. So I watched the intro. First of all, thank you for having me. But watching the intro is so funny because I'm, I'm a completely physically a different human being than I was probably a year and a half, two years ago, which is some of the pictures that get used on shows. Uh, the bald stuff. So, I mean, I've got hair, facial hair, the whole deal. Uh, so it's funny watching those, uh, seeing those those pictures of how I used to look uh, and, and how I do now. So it's always like, it popped up. I'm like, who the heck's this guy from, from LFD? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm down in Miami. I've been down here since uh, since last Wednesday. I, I do live down here. This is where I physically live. I spend a lot of time, obviously, in the Northeast because uh, that's where I, where I grew up and where I'm from. Uh, but yeah, I've been down here since Wednesday, and I'll be headed to Central Florida tomorrow in Tampa. Florida's in phase three, full reopen um, across the board. Uh, so we're starting to get on a little bit more on the road down here. Uh, so yeah, I'm traveling uh, traveling up to Orlando this weekend. Sorry, this week, and then I'll be in Tampa over the weekend. And then I'm actually headed to Texas uh, next week, and then I'll be back up in New England the week after that for a few weeks. Uh, so yeah, so I'm starting to get a little bit back out there all over the place. Got a lot going on, so... Uh, but yeah, live from Miami. So I, 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 I confess that I'm actually not smoking an NAS tonight with you guys. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I, I took the easy way out. I've done too many of these NAS challenges and these NAS shows. I know what happens at the end. Um, so I'm just being proactive. I'm smoking something a little milder. Uh, I'm smoking the level cottage tonight. But but the NAS actually stands for uh, nasty ass shit. Um, the reason it has that name uh, was, you know, it's essentially it's a cheroot. So when you look at, there's not binder, there's not wrapper, there's not filler. Technically, it's just all the same tobacco wrapped around itself, which is what a cheroot is. Um, and the reason you make cheroots is because it allows you to smoke and try different tobaccos before you put it together in a blend. Um, and what happened with that is we utilize in the NAS uh, the Pelo de Oro, which is a wrapper. Sorry, which is a tobacco we grow. Uh, and uses wrapper tobacco on our LG small batch line. And then we also use some of those tobaccos uh, from the Lajero and the high, some of the medium to high primings on um, this filler tobacco in the Andalusian Bowl. So the remaining Lajero tobacco, which are tends to be smaller leaves just because they get the most sunlight, uh, we put into and Lido put into uh, a shroot. And so he made some up. And uh, years before that, he made one called the Ice Pick. Uh, which was also a Lihero, all Lihero blend. So Lihero tobacco wrapped around itself into a cheroot. And so he made this blend. He really liked um, Pelo de Oro. It's, it's, it means hair of gold. So when it cures, it's in the curing barn. So after the plant grows, it goes into a curing barn. In the curing barn, it starts slowly changing from green, essentially to the brown color. But in that process, Pelo de Oro tends to be look golden. So that's where it got the name, hair of gold, Pelo de Oro. Um, so he made this cheroot, and he brought it to a friend of his. Uh, he's on a retail shop, and uh, he's like, hey, I want you to try this. And he's like, all right, what is it? He's like, just try it. 
he lights it up. Guy takes a few puffs. And he's like, man, he goes, that's strong. And Lito's like, yeah, man. He goes, that's some nasty-ass shit. And he's like, that's what you got to call this cigar, the nasty-ass shit. So uh, that's how it was born. Uh, you know, it was kind of as a joke at first. But then it, 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 has, its own, it has its own little cult following. Kind of what we're doing tonight, where it gets celebrated, and uh, you know for what it is, and it always has it has like it's cyclical, like it comes around a few times a year where all of a sudden there's a bunch of people smoking NAS. Yep, yep, very true. So this is just just that um, Pelo de Oro tobacco. There's nothing else. No, it's funny no, because it's when, funny it, first because came, when out, it first came out, um, um, I think I was a sales rep at the time. This was like seven, eight, years, seven, eight ago. years ago. And I, I covered and New England. I, covered I was New talking England, and I was shopping, shopping, in Connecticut. shopping in Connecticut. And they called me up. And they called me up. And they said, John, because we have a problem. I'm like, what? New cigar that came out. I'm like, what about it? And they're like, well, it's good. They're like, but it's like one dimensional. I go, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, it just has like one flavor profile. It's like there's no, no other tobaccos in the blend. And I'm like... I go, that's because that's exactly what it is. I go, it's a cheroot. I go, it's just Lee Harrow, Pelletero tobacco. I go, you're essentially telling me that that it's performing exactly how it's doing. Uh, I said, so I go, that's the purpose. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what's the binder? And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, you don't grasp this. I'm like, there's no binder. I go, it's literally if we took a pile of tobacco and wrapped it around itself and started smoking it. Uh, just happens to be very visually appealing, but that was always a funny story. And because the guy's like, "Oh, it's kind of like one-dimensional." I'm like, "It's exactly the purpose." <laughs> so with this cigar, you're not really looking for nuances, complexity. You're just <laughs> looking to get smashed, smoking. True, this stuff. and you will you will have complexity of flavor, but it's a defined complexity. It's not like you know when you're cooking food or chefs preparing a sauce, you're layering flavors, right? Same thing with tobacco when you're making premium cigars. The blender, you know, Lido blends flavors together and creates, you know, layers of flavor. So mm -hmm. there's no layering of flavor. It's complexity in that one singular flavor. Um, so you should get one singular flavor, and it happens to be very strong tobacco at the same time. So you also should be getting your ass kicked. <laughs> now, Paul, what are we uh, pairing with this tonight? I see that... Uh... Bree and Kendra were unable to make it. Yes, we have no representation from the 724 Lounge tonight. But we have you, Paul. But we have myself, and I know we're in trouble if that is where we're going. <laughs> you've still got a great voice, Paul. You may not look as pretty as Bree and Kendra. I hope I don't look as voice. pretty, man. So tonight we are. I mean, you're kind of cute, Paul. Oh, thanks, John. I appreciate that. You too, my friend. Thank you. So tonight from the 724 Lounge, I brought with us the Sagamore Spirit Cask Strength Ooh. Rye Whiskey. Woo! It tastes so good. Actually, it does. I'm, I'm a huge rye fan, and uh, we were looking for something that would try to keep up with the intensity level <laughs> of the NAS and our pipe tobacco, the Brown Irish X. Uh, so this is from their website. I'm going to try to be almost as... Go for it, Paul. ...coherent as you have You've been, got my friend. you voice. Use it. Fueled Use it. by Maryland's great veteran distillers, Ooh. we forged a new path to define cast strength rye whiskey. There are no shortcuts here, my friends. Mm -hmm. No delusions or alterations. Simply a splash of spring water and a time-honored tradition of patience and purpose. Aged fully and exploding in color and flavor, it's a spirit that connects us to a storied past only Maryland rye whiskey can claim. These are our deepest roots, distilled. The tasting notes, 
So in the aroma, you should get bold cinnamon with lingering aromas of clove and vanilla. The palate, you should pick up smooth dark chocolate paired with an intense note of black pepper and brown sugar and a light hint of honey for balance. The proof on this is 112, which means it's 56% ABB. Age four to five years. I love it. We thought you would, Nick. We thought this would be right up your alley, my friend, which is why I I pressured Kendra into something that would be over 100 proof. Has to be. This is beautiful. Uh, The tasting notes I get. Yeah. The aroma to me is kind of like paint thin. (laughs) Definitely clears the nostrils. My nostrils are going, you know, what the F? And my, you know, uh, well, let's put it this way. If you have problems breathing through your nose, you have sinus issues, this will I, solve it for you. I did. I was wrestling <laughs> with my dog earlier, and my sinuses were all clogged. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to sound really weird on mic. I had some of this. Breathe it in. in. You I'm sound clear. fine now. You sound fine now. Oh, now, yeah. John, are you are you having anything uh, wonderful to have with your little lavocada, you little wuss? <laughs> so... so- so I couldn't so I be in a more opposite, opposite situation, situation from you on. Because I'm having warm milk with my avocado. <laughs> I'm drinking a decaf cappuccino. <laughs> oh, <laughs> decaf. That's technically warm milk. <laughs> You're by yourself in Miami, outside, and what you're drinking is decaf coffee. I I have I have proven myself. Over the last ten years, in any any way imaginably possible, when it comes to consumption of um, of accelerants, <laughs> accelerants <laughs> nicotine and caffeine, uh, decelerants such as alcohol. Uh, yeah. So sometimes a man's going to take a day off. But uh, but no, I, I actually don't drink caffeine anymore, uh, which is part of um, part of a situation I had last year. Um, and I, and I also smoke milder cigars, so I, uh, I don't do the strong stuff as much as I used to, but I, I will from time to time, uh, but yeah, cappuccino, decaf coffee could not be more opposite, um, and less manly than what's going on there in Hooks. Now, let me ask you a question uh, you know, for me, my journey in cigars, and I know this is true for many people has gone from the more mild to the more full bodied cigars. Now, there's people like yourself. I know other people, you know, even Kurt, who's been smoking for, I don't know, since the earth was cooling. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really like really strong cigars either. He, he tends to like the more middle-of-the-road cigars. What do, you think, what do you think the deal is with your palate that you're moving backwards to more medium and, and, and cigars and stuff? Does that make sense? I mean, I... I think I'm just turning into a pansy, to be honest with you. I'm just a pansy. <laughs> he's a, he's well, no, a um, your hair is kind of everything. Maybe that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I'm it's glad like that first Samson. Maybe you need to cut it again. No, I'm glad <laughs> that we're. I'm glad that we're moving past the weakness of my my choice of uh, beverages and cigars. Um, <laughs> I think people's palates uh, palates change in regards to um, strength in cigars. I think the natural progression uh, for somebody in the cigar, in, in the industry, like like I am on a manufacturer side, I would yeah. find, I mean, I do find that most of the people who've been around it for a period of time 
tend to level into more medium bodied cigars. Now, when I mean medium bodied, like a lot of I'm smoking is not a medium cigar. It's medium to full body. You know, it's right. a robust blend. Um, you know, our airbender line's more medium, but it's not still, it's not medium. Um, so I, I mean, I still smoke full bodied cigars. You know, I'm a big Padron smoker. I know you know that, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, a big Padron guy too. Um, those are full bodied cigars, but, um, when I started with LFP, about I'm in my tenth year now. When I started with LFP, I, I mean I was smoking double heroes, like it was going out of style. I mean I smoked double heroes, 654 Maduros, Chisolitos, Chisels, mm-hmm. um, you name it. That's what I was smoking when I woke up in the morning. When I went to sleep, I was smoking seven or eight cigars a day, and they were all just really strong. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason why is it's very flavorful. It's rich. I think it's. As a younger cigar smoker, I'm not just saying age, but in terms of younger, of just getting in, you know, immersed in the culture of smoking cigars and premium tobaccos, I think you tend to go towards a fuller body quicker after you start with milder cigars mm-hmm. because it's a more pronounced flavor profile and you can identify it better. Sure. Um, it's less nuances with it. Um, you know, and there is still complexity. You know, that's why, you know, I think our 700 Maduro is one of the smoother cigars out there. It just happens to be quite strong in the body standpoint. But I, but I think that that's why I think people step towards that and they enjoy, you know, that flavor profile and, and you know what, there's less, you know, with a fuller bodied and stronger cigar, it tends to go hand in hand that it's, you know, a little bit more aggressive flavor profile. It doesn't have to be, but it can, Um, there's a lot that goes into that aging and fermentation, but I I really feel like it's, it's just less, it's less smoke and mirrors at, (laughs) at a full body. (laughs) <laughs> you know, which is what it is. You know what I mean? Like the NAS, you know, we yeah. were talking the story before, you know, I said the, the one flavor profile, I, it, it is what it is. That's the flavor. That's what you're getting. Uh, you know, the strength, that's what it is. Um, you know, when you get into medium body stuff, it's a little more cutesy. You know what I mean? It's, you know, more, when we say the word complexity, um, you know, that's more of a identifying and more of an exploratory type, you know, experience on your palate. So and that's why I tend to go towards that, uh, you know, and then, you know, smoke three, four cigars a day. They're all strong. I get older, uh, you know, when I was 26 smoking diggers, wasn't a big deal. I'm not old now, but I, I, it does affect me differently. I do feel it differently. I'm more aware of what my body's doing. So I think people naturally tend to go towards a little more medium body as you get further and further down the road in this industry. Well, you've been with LFD for 10 years, but before we get into that, do you want to give us a little bit of a history of uh, La Flor Dominicana, how it came about, where it got to where it is today? Yeah, it's fascinating. I, you know, I've been here more than thirty percent of the time that they've been in business now, which is which is an honor. I mean, Alita and Inez Gomez, I've been, you know, they, they treat me like a part of the family, and um, sometimes it's great, and sometimes sometimes being part of the family is not. No, just kidding. The, um, <laughs> the it, it's a really special family. I grew up in family-owned businesses, so this for me is a natural fit. Um, you know, it was something that when I. I got started off with LFD. It was, it was kind of a job at the time, and then it turned into something where I said, you know, I identified with where they're coming from from things and what their goals and what their focuses are because um, it made sense to me because it was, it was what my family did in, in, our, in our business, which was the restaurant industry, which there's some parallels. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's why I've had success with it and why it's been, you know, it's been my only job in the premium cigar business, um, and I don't really see myself anywhere else. Um, because of that, so I just, I'm, I'm on the same page because that's that's where I came from. You know what they're doing is what my family did. Um, so this is our 26th year in business. Um, Lido and Inez started it back in 1994. It was a small company called Los Libertadores at the time. 
Um, over the years, the biggest, you know, I'd say biggest bullet points and things that created the success that has been experienced today. Um, one was the farm, purchasing a farm in 1996, uh, mm -hmm. stepping away from, um, the Dominican is traditionally a mild tobacco growing country and they produce tobaccos that are made for milder cigars. We have a king of Connecticut shade, mild Dominicans. This is culturally what it is. And purchasing that farm and getting involved in the agricultural side of the business really allowed them to step away from the dependence on those mild tobaccos because right. that's what's being grown. So the only way to not do that is to, you know, is to start growing at your own techniques. Um, so that was a big, probably the most substantial thing uh, that's allowed them for the last 26 years to get to where they're at. Uh, because when you control the product and you control the ingredients and you control uh, putting those ingredients together, you have a really good sense of consistency and a really good sense of how those are going to work together and what the earth's doing at the farm. Um, and then what the hands and what the, you know, what the pallets are doing with the, uh, you know, at the manufacturing facility at the factory. Um, so that was, that was the big substantial thing, but it said, it's unique that we said we're, we're known now as, you know, the home of the arrow essentially and known as the fullest body Dominican cigars that you can get. I um, mean, you know, and Lido really started that trend. I mean, there were just weren't full bodied cigars coming out of the Dominicans, you know, Cameroon cigars with mild Dominican fillers were full body Dominican cigars. And if you wanted something strong, you know, you smoke Cubans, which really aren't that strong, or you smoke Nicaraguan cigars. They weren't as huge back 27 years ago as they are now. But, uh, you know, Dominican is mild. So when we have full-bodied Dominican cigars came out, and you start utilizing the Lijero, these small, really rich, robust leaves, um, nobody had done that before in the Dominican. And it sounds funny because people are like, oh, it'd just be easy to do it. But yeah. nobody did because it was culturally not what happened. Um, so, you know, 26 years of that, we started as a very mild cigar co company. Um, and now we're into, you know, some of the fullest body cigars. And tonight we're smoking straight Lajero. Um, well, you guys are. I'm not. We're smoking straight Lajero. Uh, <laughs> that's from... It's going great so far. To, to what it was back in the early 90s. You know, hey, this place, what you're smoking right there was from a company that was founded off of mild cigars. That's funny. And, and, and this has been a question that I've, I've always wondered because you're right. Dominican tobacco and Dominican cigars tend to be more mild to medium most, you know, most of the time. And LFD is just like a huge exception to that rule. And, and what I'm hearing you tell me is the, the big reason for that is cultural. Like they so, always had the stronger tobacco available to them. But culturally, it just yeah, wasn't yeah, no. something that they ever wanted a cigar to have. Well, that's what the cigars weren't that experience back, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They were milder. Um, you know, the people that smoked cigars, the premium cigar culture we know today didn't exist 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh, you know, it's, it's very much changed. And it wasn't just cultural in regards. It was cultural in the way that the businesses were run uh, because – the that's just what you did there was you know history of we grow this tobacco this is these are the leaves that go and why would you use a lihero leaf heavily in a cigar because it doesn't burn right because the combustion rate's lower because it's thicker um you know so it just wasn't part of what they did putting these together and it was okay we can have these cigars they burn nice they burn well they're very smooth mild um so that's what we make and that's what the dominican became popular for and what the demand was for so that's what the growers were growing. They were growing tobacco to be used in that fashion. Um, so if you wanted tobacco, that's what you were getting. 
I mean, if you didn't own your own farm, you couldn't dictate what you were doing. So that was the, the way for Lido to step aside from that and step away from that uh, was to, you know, hey, I'm going to grow the tobacco the way I want to grow it. I'm going to make sure it gets a lot of sun. I'm going to really manage the water. And we're going to grow some really full-bodied leaves and some really full-strength, you know, tobacco on these plants because we can appropriate them in, uh, differently around the farm in a fashion that's not made for mass scale of, uh, you know, distribution. So Lido really did something new in, in uh, the Dominican, attempting to make the tobacco stronger, you know, growing it in such a way as to create really a different cigar experience. Yeah, and it was really the only way for him to differentiate himself coming out of the cigar boom. Because he joined right at the beginning, middle of the cigar boom in the early 90s. Right. And you figure everything was mild. If you look at these cigar almanacs from the 90s, I mean, mm -hmm. there's thousands of brands in there that don't exist anymore. Right. And the, the reason why is, you know why? Because they were making the same cigars. It was yeah. nothing different. They were all mild Dominican cigars in Connecticut shade grown in similar soils. And, yeah, there's different growing techniques, and there's probably people that were better at it. Uh, but they were the same cigars. And at the end of the day, there's only so many that could survive. So how do you differentiate yourself and come out of that is, you know, hey, I got to start making different cigars. So this market, when this boom normalizes and it redefines the rules of the industry, uh, you know, and the consumers, what they're demanding, they want something different, um, you know, and, and that was really what it was about. And had he not done that, he would have been one of those brands that was in the Almanac that we were talking about today that wasn't around uh, anymore. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think that for him was the, you know, for him and Inez was uh, I don't know if they knew it at the time because it was a big risk. Um, right. It's easy to look at it in hindsight and for me to talk about it. Uh, but it really was the biggest the biggest decision they had to make was stepping outside of that because things were going pretty well. They were making good, mild cigars. Mm -hmm. I mean, people liked them. They liked the brand. They were getting some excitement. But what they really liked were the full-bodied cigars, and that's really what took it to the next level when Liero came out, Double Liero came out in the 2000s. Um, and it really, really took things to another level Um you know, for the, for the company and the brand, you know, the growth in the last 20, uh, you know, I'd say 18 to 21, 22 years, you know, has been exponential. Uh, you know, that first three or four years was great. And those mm -hmm. 20 plus years after have been just, you know, massive. Mind boggling growth. Yeah. So, okay. We've done the macro view of LFD's rise to prominence. Now I want to go and do the whole mac, uh, micro thing. How did John Carney, growing up in northern nowhere, Maine, end up becoming the senior VP of sales for the U.S. for La, La Flor Dominicana, living in Miami. What the heck? How, do you, how does that happen? It's a big change. That's a huge I, change. I, huge. I, make it look pretty, I make it look pretty good, don't I? <laughs> you make it look good. Um, and you know what? It was um, it was interesting. I so I, I went to college in Orlando at UCF. It's the second largest school in the country, mm -hmm. and um, I was a football player in high school and played basketball, ran track and stuff. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to play football in college, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. This is after four years. Where am I going to go with this? Like, I'm probably not going to play in the NFL. Coincidentally, my best friend went and played the NFL for nine years. So I got to live vicariously through him. And he's from a small, tiny, he's from a town even smaller than me. It's the same question. Like, how, do, how did you guys get to this stuff? And, and most of us, we don't have any clue. Um, but, uh, you know, it's through adversity. I, I you know, I, 
I moved down to Orlando. My undergraduate degree is in hospitality management. Um, I had worked um, for Disney World for a few years, and then I worked for Darden Restaurants out of college as a manager for them. And I had like a quarter life crisis at like 25 where things were not going well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things weren't going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things weren't going very well. You know, I had things figured out what my plan was for the future, and that got flipped upside down. Um, and I, I went back to grad school and kind of hid because at the same time, it was when the housing crisis was happening in 2009, the housing bubble. And so there really just weren't a lot of jobs and there definitely weren't a lot of jobs for, I got fired essentially. Um, I was dating one of my hostesses and I, it was, it was just a, it was just a challenging situation and, um, you know, you learn stuff from it. And fortunately I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, but there was three years of just crap. Um, you know, where I had no idea what was going on. I had no money, um, but I did have cigars and that's kind of what got me through everything. And I started running into relationships through the cigar shop that I worked at. I use the term work very loosely. Um, I mean, I didn't get paid for any of it. I was just accruing incredible student loan debt through, uh, through grad school. And, uh, and I'd hang out at a cigar shop and smoke cigars. I was, I was fortunately, um, fortunately I had a beautiful cigar bar near where I lived, Corona Cigars. Uh, yeah. which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, There's two of my favorite stores. Twins is home for me. Uh, that's just a place where I literally Maybe. lived for like four years. Um, but Corona was where my where cigar my cigar love was born. And um, so that'll yeah. always be, you know, kind of like the birthplace. So I, I just smoked cigars and I, I ran into, I became friends with Tony Gomez, Lito's son, um, mm -hmm. who's with the company now for slightly over 10 years too. We kind of started rolling around the same time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, there was just, I, I was down to my last leg. I had no money. Um, I was being an idiot. I, I sold my condo because I had no money. I, I, my car was a mess. I, everything was a mess. And my last ditch was, I go, I got to get back to Maine because at least then I can move back in with my parents and they can save my ass, right? So uh, there, a position came available for a sales rep with, uh, with uh, La Florida Minicana. And I was like, you know what? This could be a good opportunity. This at least is a great chance for me to get back to Maine. Um, so I took it. So I ended up, I left in the middle of a semester and um, I didn't tell anybody. I just got up and left grad school and moved back, uh, moved up to Boston and uh, and took a job for about two years as a sales rep with LFD. I did New York and New England and, um, you know, and they gave me a chance to get back on my feet and also learn a lot and, and actually take some things that I learned lessons from the time that I was had some challenging times and, and then from the experiences before. Um, where this position opened up for vice president of sales and they were looking to take things to another level um, and they were looking for some long-term commitment and I was in the right place at the right time and had the, had the right background uh, for what they were looking for and um, it, it, you know the rest is history and it's been a, it's been a great 10 years and uh, looking forward to the next 10 it's just been awesome I, it, I couldn't you know it, opportunities people ask like how did you get to where you're at or what did you do and, and, and the biggest advice I give is just when, when opportunity knocks be willing to open the door um, and that's what it was for me. I, I kept seeking out opportunity and sometimes I'd go to the door and nobody was there. And, you know, when the door knocked, I was able to open it and walk through and, uh, you know, and take the experiences with me that I had when I did walk through. So it worked out really well and it's been, uh, you know, it's been a blessing for sure. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really, I'm very happy for you. And I, I think this was a great move for you to take that uh, position there. I'm, I'm incredibly thrilled to see you moving up and up and up in there. And, um, but now that you're there, you know, we know that, um, LaFleur Dominicana has kind of changed its, 
marketing profile and now there aren't any reps. Now, how's that affected how LaFleur Dominicana as a company and how you as VP of sales relate to all the brick and mortar shops that you have to, to keep these relationships up, up with? How, how, how has that changed now that uh, they've changed how you do things? Yeah, it's certainly a great question. Um, so we, COVID was obviously a challenging time. And the challenge for us is that we own our, we own everything from the seed to the cigar. Um, right. So when COVID hit, our factories closed for two months. And when the factories closed, it means I don't have cigars. Um, and it was indefinite how long it was going to be closed. There's still restrictions down there now. There's still curfews. Um, manufacturing facilities are at limited capacity by mm -hmm. government regulation. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Unlike other companies who, you know, say you say you don't own, say you don't do your own manufacturing, mm -hmm. you buy cigars from another manufacturer. Generally, you're buying those six to eight months, maybe even a year in advance, if not more. Um, so at the beginning of COVID, when there was closures, April and May, we just didn't have cigars coming to the United States because we had nobody making them, no way to ship them. And we don't have a bonded warehouse here where we just store things. We Our, our bonded warehouse, per se, is the tax-free zones that we're in in the Dominican Republic. Right. Um, so it went from, you know, a lot. We, we ended up having some layoffs at the beginning of it. Um, it was a restructuring of our sales force. That we're, it's still fluid. Um, yeah. We still have half of our sales team. We do have four salespeople that we split the country up four ways, including myself. Um, okay. It certainly changed the way we look at it. But the reason for that was um, cash flow stopped immediately. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it was, it was done. You know, we were out of cigars then. So now we're in a spot where we're really experiencing success. And then there's other companies that are having more and more shortages. And we have shortages as well, just because demand is so astronomical right now, because everybody's running around trying to find who has cigars. Um, but you know, the, the effects of what happened in April, May, and June are still going on. are still going to be felt in the next year. Uh, just because there's, if you're closed for three months, there's no way that everybody's going to be caught back up just because things are open. So we'll, we'll experience that sooner. Uh, but really it's changed, you know, the communication has changed entirely with, with retailers and consumers in general. We always did things like this, but now it's more important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's more engagement. Um, and this is the engagements, not just for this, the engagements, you know, just for the consumer, the engagements really for our retail partners too. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I do these things to stay in touch with our retail partners uh, who watch these shows, you know, we're part of looking part of what we're doing. Um, we do Zoom. We don't. We do Zoom. I, I've kind of stayed away from Zoom a little bit, other than with my team, because for me, Zoom's kind of like a conference call. Right. Um, so you know, we've created some things. I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, where we we're doing some interactive programs. We just released something called the LaFleur Dominicana Gourmet Smoke Sessions. Uh, that we'll be doing every month, and we have a few other sessions that we're going to be adding to that on a monthly basis. Um, but it's it's really become more important to have even brief courtesy calls, more emails, more text messages, more Facebook messages. Um, it's miraculous to me how much more business is done via text message, email, and social media uh, than there was before. Uh, social media for me, Instagram, Facebook is a way of doing, I take orders over there. Uh, you know, I, I provide information on what's on back order from someone that I'm friends with on Instagram. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's people that think that, you know, that it's not as good or it is good, but um, I think we do the best we can with it. And I think everybody in the industry is doing the best they can. Uh, but there's certainly some opportunity there at the same time. And um, 
It's definitely going to change the way we restru uh, restructure things in the future. I'm um, in the way that we service our customers in the future, uh, providing a better experience and a more essentially working smarter and you know working smarter and harder at the same time. Right, right, right. Now you know, obviously with you know uh, restrictions, you know with um, COVID going on, you know there's you know cigars are being manufactured in half capacity. There's the you know, the fear of stuff shutting down here again in the States as stuff is starting to come up. One of the issues that uh, I've been hearing about from other manufacturers is they may have a lot of cigars, but there's no way to get them out of the country because flights have been cut seriously back or maybe airports are closed altogether. You know, I know Nicaragua's having a big problem with that. What's the travel situation with um, uh, the Dominican right now. Are you having the same issues with that as far as getting stuff out? No, the, the actual moving of products um, is, has been a lot, e it has been, you know, a lot less challenging, I would say, for, for us on our end, from what I've observed. I'm sure there are some challenges. A majority of shipments in the United States of premium tobacco products and, and honestly, the exports of products out of the Dominican general, mostly by boat. I mean, right. we're here in the state of Miami where it's nonstop. Um, you know, so there is some, you know, I think there's been some scaling back on it mm -hmm. just based off of workload and what's available to ship. I think there's less things shipping. So as there's less shipping, there's going to be less ships, right? Right, um, right, right? That's where you utilize brokers and those relationships that you have with the, uh, with the import and export brokers. And mm -hmm. we haven't had too many bad experiences with it. So the biggest challenge for us um, is just meeting the demand um, with the partial capacity that we're at. Now, fortunately, right at the end of 2019, we had just finished a significant three-year expansion. Um, and we essentially added about 30% to potentially even 40% extra capacity. Mm -hmm. So really what we're doing right now is the, is the type of production that we were doing three years ago. Um, so we're still in pretty good shape, but it would be nice to, to be able to get that out there because the demand is there and this isn't a time to strike while the iron's hot on things. Uh, but uh, but no, it hasn't been many issues or challenges in terms of shipping, I would say, for the last few months. It was up in the air in March and April, uh, but I'd say in May in May and June it started to normalize and it's been, been quite normal. Mm. Now, um, you like to cook too, right? You grew up around restaurants and stuff like that. You like to cook? You like to eat steak? Oh, yeah. Your steak I, guy? I grew up, I did. I grew up in the restaurant business. I started working in restaurants when I was like eight. My dad put me to work as a dishwasher, and I started as a short-order line cook uh, when I was 12. Uh, so it was in my blood, and I always messed around, had fun with things. And I would say the last, really the last nine years, especially in cigars, I started doing cooking events um, at cigar shops because I got tired of doing buy three, get ones. Um, you know, you don't, you know, consumers don't enjoy it. The retail doesn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. So I try to do some more innovative things. Uh, so that started about nine years ago with that. Um, but the last five or six years, I've been really honing in my skills. And every, you know, throughout COVID, I started a, a cooking show called uh, Hacking Gourmet uh, with uh, friends of mine, Fred Rui, who's formerly from Nomad Cigars. He owned that brand. And my friend, uh, Brian McGee from Crown Heads. Uh, we started this just there was nothing to do and we both like to cook and brian and i've been doing some cooking events together we did a state competition against each other and we had more planned so it was only a natural progression and i was posting food i was not known for my food i guess on social media but that's oh, yeah. what identify me with so 
Uh, it was just a perfect progression. There was an opportunity there to, to get involved in a little more. Uh, but yeah, I, I would consider myself an amateur chef. Now, what in your mind, to, to, in your experience, are some of the best steakhouses you've been to? Well, I'm glad you asked because I actually have a list. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because you ask people online, I, uh, you know, what they're people are like, oh, where should I eat here? Where should I eat there? So when I travel around, I, I do have people that ask me, like, oh, I'm traveling here. Where do you think I should eat? And the most rewarding th thing for me is when they actually go and then reply to me later on. Mm -hmm. I had a guy that I told him about the steakhouse in San Antonio called Bohannon's. Mm -hmm. And this must have been a year and a half ago. He just messaged me last month and he said, I don't know if you remember me, uh, but I told you I was going to go to this, going to go to San Antonio. It got pushed back because of COVID. I finally got to go last month and I went to Bohannon's. He was like, thank you so much. It was great. Mm. So steakhouses, here we go. I mean, I can go down here forever. Um, I have different things I like at each steakhouse too. What really kind of engaged my passion and, you know, really reflects my style of preparing steak is Bizarre Meat by Jose Andres in um, in Las Vegas. Um, it's incredible. They use this. They have this incredible grills. They're, they're tempered cooking, which is a, a period of high heat followed by a long period of resting, which is essentially sous vide-ing with fire. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of fire. Um, so Bizarre Meat was really what intrigued me and got me excited about dry-aged beef, high-end Wagyu beefs. Uh, different cuts of meat, different styles of cooking with fire. Um, so bizarre meat, I would put it number one because that's had the most influence on my life mm -hmm. um, in terms in, in terms of my style of cooking. Um, another one I really enjoy around the country is uh, Jeff Ruby's. They have several of them. There's some in Louisville, Cincinnati, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Jeff Ruby's is awesome. Jeff Ruby himself is a big cigar smoker, okay. um, and his place is set up. His place is set up to have a little cigar lounge, whether it's outdoors or indoors at each place. Um, and I really enjoy that because it's set up by a guy who smokes cigars. So it's the way I like to eat. Um, it's the foods I like to eat at before I have a cigar. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a huge fan of Jeff Ruby's. And so I'd put that at number two uh, for me. And then my third favorite, I'll stop at three. My third favorite, is, which was also a big influence to me, it's a very classic American-style steakhouse, but it's in Montreal. Uh, downtown is called Coup de Cheval. Um, incredible steakhouse. Um, probably my probably my favorite in the world um, all, all around. Uh, it doesn't have the most influence on me, but they have this great downstairs bar that looks like a subway, kind of like a high-end subway. I always feel like I went into like the Ninja Turtles lair when I went down there. Only <laughs> we happen to have a lobster bar and like Wago pizza. pizza. Um, but I mean, I have a whole, like in front of me right now, I got this list of like a hundred steakhouses. So you pick an area and I, I could tell you a place that I like and, and what type of meat you're looking for. I, I'd give you a different place depending on what you're looking for. Any up here in New England? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, so no, Hanover Street <laughs> Chop House in Manchester is very good. I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I think they do an excellent job. I think that's probably the best in, I think that's probably the best, obviously the best in New Hampshire or Maine in terms of state. Uh, it's called Hanover, Hanover Street Chop yeah, House. Hanover Street Chop House. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's over the top. It's beautiful. Really nice. Great wine selection. Uh, great app venue. They do a fantastic job. Service is great. 
Um, it's kind of a modern version of a traditional, like they call it expense account steakhouses, like the corporate expense accounts go to, but it's a more of a modern version of it. It's, it's, it's kind of ahead of, it was kind of ahead of its time. It's what like Morton's and things are transitioning into now. Ruth's Chris are trying to be more like Hanover Street Chop House. Um, there's some great steak places in Boston. Um, when I end up in Boston, I usually end up in the North End. I don't do a ton of steak in Boston. So it's weird. So people are like, what's your favorite steak place in Boston? And I can't really give it to you. I, um, I just because I, I haven't, I've been to Smith and Walensky's there. I've been to, um, oh man, what was the place that's right, used to be, that's right on Boylston Street? Um, Abe and Louis. Oh, Abe and Louis is excellent. Uh, they're really good. There's some other ones down in the financial district. There's, there's this place, I think it's called Table 23 or something like that, where you go in like this back room. Yeah. And they have like a, like 20 or 30 people fit back there. That's that's allegedly the best steak in the city. Uh, but I've not been there. So it's weird that New England, because when I'm in New England, I'll be honest, the best steakhouse is at my house. Mm-hmm. Well, that may be a good segue into my, my last question for you. You do your own podcast, right? Well, it's it's not really a podcast. It's it's an actual uh, show. We, we do it's a, a show. show. Yeah, we don't, we don't do a podcast. We don't put it on Podbean, any of that stuff. Um, it's physically a show. Um, mm-hmm. We're on YouTube uh, at Hacking Gourmet, and we're also on Facebook Live. We actually just had a show tonight at 5 o'clock before this. I did uh, Hacking Gourmet. I cooked uh, bloody lamb chops with a raspberry rum sauce, and I did a sweet potatoes, uh, a sweet potato mash on the side. Fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, we do every, every, other, mon- every other Monday. Um, we do that show. But, yeah, it's not a podcast. It's, it's truly a show, and um, it's and a live show. find it on YouTube and everything? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube, Facebook. It's called Hacking Gourmet. Um, and then we also translated that into, obviously, we're cigar smokers. And with my position with the company, uh, you know, LFE is known as being a, you know, a food company. You know, Lito's a big culinary guy. He's a great – I consider him a chef, too. Mm. Um, you know, it's as close to, close to being a chef as you can be without owning a restaurant. And um, so that was kind of natural to bring it all together. And as I said, we launched this thing called the La Florida Minicana Gourmet Smoke Sessions – uh, where we do every month for the next 16 months, we're doing a special session where consumers can buy cigars from retailers, mm-hmm. and they can also buy food from our meat purveyor and cook along with us at the show and prepare the meal that, that we prepare on the show. Nice. That's cool. That's we're going to awesome. have to tune in. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. We'll have a not-just-blowing-smoke watching party. Well, we, <laughs> we, tent- we actually tentatively have a gourmet smoke session uh, scheduled for a twin smoke shop uh, December 2021. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. There's only one person. Kurt's the only one that knows about it other than me, but it's on the books. And now us. And now us. And now you guys. Now the world. The world. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, one of the things we do on the show here is uh, Pastor Padron's Cigar Confessions. And that's where I talk about, you know, cigar etiquette or cigar pet peeves or, you know, Anything to help us really talk about how to enjoy cigar smoking a little bit better uh, or not to, you know, mess it up so much. And today, the question appropriately is, I hear a lot of confusion out there between strength and body. And this translates into the cooking world, too. Right, John? You know, there's there's a, some big confusion about it. This cigar is a strong cigar, right? But it's got, yes. you know, it's got strong body too. But, you know, oftentimes people confuse 
strength as body. When they talk about a cigar being strong, they talk about the intensity of the flavor, but not necessarily the strength of it. You want to talk a little bit about the difference between body and strength? So for me, for me, body's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Body is how it feels. Body is how it um, feels on your palate. Body is how it feels to your body. Um, so a full-bodied cigar, you your body will feel it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, like in, in regards, I'm not saying you're going to be lightheaded, uh, but you're going to get a feeling from it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you eat a when you eat a tomahawk ribeye as high fat marbling and high fat content, when you eat a filet mignon, you feel very different. Mm. Um, you feel lighter when you eat the filet. When you eat the ribeye, you feel full, right? You feel um, maybe a little, not lethargic, but you feel a little more contented, a little more laid back, a little slower. Um, so body for me is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength is a definition of a flavor, in my opinion. Um, so when you say something, when this is a strong, so when I say this is a strong cigar, it should have strong, rich, robust flavors. Uh, when I say this is a full-bodied cigar, it should have a feel that's heavier to you. It should feel heavier. It feels like, again, easiest comparison to me is with food. It should feel like you ate a big steak. That's why full-bodied cigars are so good after you've had a big meal or you've had something that's a real rich meal uh, because that that goes with it. It it enhances the mood and enhances the feeling uh, that you're having and the experience. Whereas if you had something that's a little mild-bodied, you know, light in body, you're not really going to notice anything. It's not going to enhance. It's not going to attract. It's just going to kind of be there. Um, so, yeah, for me, strength is flavor profile. They are obviously are related because they're all coming from premium tobacco. Uh, but strength is, fla- is a definition of flavor profile to me. And then body is, a, is the feel. See, to me, to me, it's the exact reverse. To me, the strength really refers to what you're calling the feel. And basically the result of the nicotine content in the, in the cigar. And the body, to me, would be the intensity of the flavors that you're tasting. So when you describe a glass of wine, mm-hmm. so you take a glass of wine, you look at the body, and then you drink it, and you experience the body, how it mm-hmm. feels in your mouth. Then you describe the flavors. Mm-hmm. And then there's different intensities and flavors, right? Right. So you'd be, you feel it, and you taste it in different parts of your palate. Uh, so that's, that's where strength comes from. You know, you're identifying the strength of those flavors. Because if you have a cigar that has no flavor to it, nobody would ever describe that as strong. Um, and there's also some strong cigars out, some full, sorry, some full-bodied cigars out there that have very smooth flavor profiles and milder flavor profiles. For example, the Double Hero 700 Maduro utilizes Connecticut Broadleaf. Uh, right. Tobacco, like, sorry, the Digger utilizes Connecticut Broadleaf. It's mm-hmm. a very smooth, moderately flavored cigar. The body of it is very full. When you smoke it, you know you've smoked something, um, but you're not going to mistake it with strength of flavor. Now, you could say the body's strong. That's where the, the comparisons are. There's strong flavor and there's strong body. You know, there's right. strong feel and there's also strong flavor. Um, right. Flavor's taste it doesn't change the feel. For example, like peppers. If you take like right. a reaper pepper. Um, mm. It's got really intense, Does strong body. Yep. I do. And, and it has strong, intense flavor. But if you break down just the flavor and take out the capsaicin that gives it the intensity of body, you're just mm-hmm. tasting the pepper. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, for me, body's feel, strength is flavor. And you can describe, essentially, we're describing it the same exact way. We're sure. describing yeah. the same things in different terms. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. 
What do you guys think? What's what when people come to you and and say, "I want a strong cigar," do you think they're talking in a, a cigar like this, like the NAS, which is going to knock you on your butt, or are they talking about intensity of flavor, or is it both, or what? I think I think it's both, and it just that's why we try to ask a few more questions with a customer to really hone in on what they're really looking for. When they say full body, I'm saying, do you want full flavor? Do you want something that's going to be complex in flavor? Or do you want something that's just going to knock you on your butt? And so if they're going to say, yeah, I want, like, for instance, we were talking about Nick's customer who just wanted a really, really strong cigar. Yeah. And he told them about the, the NAS, the NAS. And when he explained what that was, the customer just bought it. Yeah, he went and bought, bought. really sight unseen, no yeah. experience with it. He just wanted something that was really strong, it was going to kick him in the butt, and that's what it was. Just left with a box you, of so cheroots. You just got to really, you got, you got to really kind of figure out and ask those additional questions. What are you really looking for? And most customers really just want a full flavored uh, cigar. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so that's so if they want a full flavored, full body cigar, that's what they're going to get. I don't think I don't think a lot of customers want don't really want to get knocked in their on their sorry knocked in their keister. butt on their keister, keister. knocked on their uh, keister you know after a few puffs <laughs> they just want to, they want to right. have that experience of yeah they don't mind a little bit of nicotine but they want to really get that full flavored mm-hmm. uh, and that's really where I call full body is the full flavor effect and and you know the different as, as Dan would say the nuances of it right Nick you have anything you want to add to that. No, I no? completely agree with Paul. It's usually it was very municipal, very. <laughs> municipal. And I'm burning my fingers on this Nas right now. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what about you? Have you had any? That's part of the body, right? Trying you're to burning, that? Feeling your feelings, your body. Oh, it's my body. It's not. It's, it's the not body. the cigar burning my fingers. <laughs> so I literally got an inch left. I don't think I can feel my fingers right now. But it's uh, I can't feel my I can't feel my face, but it's okay. And I'm getting like I'm sweating. I'll probably have to take off a couple layers of clothing. Are, are you having hot palpitations and trouble breathing? I'm not there just yet. <laughs> probably have to check in with me in the second half of the show. You are looking very uh, relaxed. Peek it. I am very relaxed. This thing very is relaxed. just you're very chill right between now. the the drink and the cigar. Oh my woo, gosh. man. I am. You're a happy man right now. I am. Yeah. I'm all out of my drink and my cigar. I don't know what to do I'm next. I'm not surprised. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like uh, when so I I feel the same way Paul does. I feel you know you got to ask questions about what they want because it really can be interpreted. Interpre- interpreted. Interpreted. Thank you. Interpreted. Interpreted. <laughs> I think, uh, I think the side effect of us. That's right. <laughs> He's feeling no, no pain right let now. Let me give you my interpretation. Just, uh, this interpreted thing. No, this is just normal, Dave. That's just, <laughs> just Dave confused. Yeah. Yeah. Dave and confused. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on a shirt. Yeah. Dave it's gonna be my next shirt. Uh, Sweet. Awesome. Well, there you go. Now I've noticed looking around that this NAS, even though it's a, you know just a one type of tobacco, has been burned really well. Yeah. It has, it yeah. It burned really yeah. straight on everybody's cigar here. Now I know that you're not. Sm- How's your La Bocata treating you? Is it uh, treating you <laughs> nice, like a nice Latin dance? Look at that. That's so sweet. Beautiful. Um, one of our listeners, uh, Heather, actually had a question about the La Bocata. 
And uh, I think I'll take the opportunity to ask her here. She wants to know if there are any other sizes of that cigar planned on coming out, perhaps a Lancero even, Ooh. she asks. So I'm going to utilize my New England Patriots cigar poker here. <laughs> What's the score, by the way? 6-3. Pats, they just fumbled in the red zone. Oh. So that wasn't good. Like Into the third. But uh, so yeah, the, 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 the yeah, it's typical. Bad. Actually, the defense looks great. Um, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be a stressful end of the game. Um, so there is another size of the La Bocata. There's a size called the Petite La Bocata. It comes in tins. Um, it's like a um, it's like a little cigarello. Um, it's a 34 by four. Um, there have been no plans for a Lancero size in that as of yet. Uh, but we do offer two sizes. We have the Churchill size and then the Petite La Bocata in the tins. Mm. Oh, it's a delicious nice. cigar. All right, Heather. It well, is. there you go. Thanks for asking that question there. Yeah. Um, what is our final verdict on the La Flor Dominicana NAS, the nasty egg? Yeah. The nasty beep beep. The nasty um, bleep bleep. Bleep bleep. Sweet nuts. Sweet nuts. Sweet Definitely nuts. not sweet nuts. I don't Considering taste any nuts at all. Could, no, I don't either. Considering how strong this cigar is, and I, I, I strong as in strength, a lot of nicotine in it, which I'm very much enjoying. Because <laughs> it's hence it's, why you're called nicotine. Nicotine is, It is really, other than the Lenox, I think the Lenox is the best cigar from LFD. This has got to be a close second. You think this truly yeah. is one of and the I know, best I know cigars John LFD is like, makes. Yeah, I think John is like, he's, he's like, Nick, you're crazy. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> Which no, it it's, it's, it's great tobacco is the thing. I, I love yeah. the NAS. I just don't like the body of it. It's just too much it's, for me. Flavor profile is amazing. It's great tobacco. I get the spice. It's The spice is subtle. It's like... Subtle, yeah, it's the spice is subtle. The strength, like, don't get me wrong, look, the, the cigar is strong, but I do get uh, almost subtle, like a brick, yeah, a little bit. But I like that getting hit in the face with a brick. Um, I like that subtle feeling but, of getting hit in the face with a brick, but does your wife know that <laughs> she does, yeah? Um, but I also get like a sweet floral note from it as well. Yeah, really? and I don't, John. You could definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but I get a nice, sweet, subtle floral note from this, which is weird because of how strong it is. But it's a great smoke. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. The it's it's very rich. It's very thick tobacco. It's yeah. gonna be sweeter. Um, mm -hmm. Properly aged and fermented tobacco that's very strong like that should be sweet. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be super peppery. I don't think anybody was getting pepper off of that. Um, it, you know, the, the body may be, you know, the body may be, maybe, you know, overtaking it a little bit. Uh, but in terms of flavor profiles, I mean, it should be sweet. It should have floral because uh, it's been aged and fermented for at least four years, three to four years. Um, yeah. So it's going to have, it's going to have, I said, not the complexity of flavor depth, you know, and, right. and depth of flavors, but it has a very defined flavor profile. Absolutely. I, Hundred percent floral one, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not it's not a complex cigar, but this is a cigar that you don't pick up and expect uh, a ton of complexity from. 
It's one leaf. It's yeah. exactly. It's one like, leaf. You don't need getting... when something tastes good. You don't need complexity, right? Like strawberries taste good. It tastes like strawberries. Mm, right. right. You know, like cherries are delicious. They don't taste like cherries and something else. Um, so if it's good, why, you know, it's cherries go great and cherries jubilee. You add them to other things and it enhances it, but they're also very good on their own. Right. right. Yep. Dave, what do you think of the uh, cigar on the pairing? Um, I think it's very municipal. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, Dave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Paul? Well, as you said, it's one leaf, and uh, to me, it's one leaf and kind of one-dimensional. Um, I'm not afraid to say that this isn't my favorite LFD. Um, I, the Factory Press 2017 is my favorite. Um, but uh, I got a lot of leather and a lot of earth out of this, strong earth. And the earth is never more present than when you pair it with the uh, the drink. Yeah, it takes away any type of pepper. If you're picking up, any, I picked up a little pepper in the beginning. It's it's settled down now, but a lot of leather, a lot of earth, a lot of nicotine. Uh, I guess because I'm can't feel my feet right now, so <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Uh, but it's uh, I can pick up just maybe a little bit of the sweetness. I can't pick up any of the florals that Nick was talking about. But uh, if you like leather and earth, if you want to get you know hit between the eyes, this is definitely the cigar you want to have. Uh, Paul, I I agree that the, this is a very earthy, very rich uh, cigar. Um, like you were saying, John, there, there is a sweetness to this. There's like a really dark kind of sweetness to it. Um, it's certainly not overt, but it's there. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things that makes the, the uh, experience of the tobacco enjoyable. What's really, you know... What really makes this cigar great to me is that it is just that one tobacco. It's just that uh, uh, Pella de Oro, and you're really getting to just enjoy it for what it is. And it is very tasty, very flavorful, very strong. My lips have this nice tingly, oh, yeah. you know, feeling from the yeah. spice and, and the heat and everything. And uh, it certainly is a very, very strong full-bodied cigar mm -hmm. mm. well john thanks for being with us on the first half of our show thank you all We're for glad having that you took time. out the time especially during the pats game that says a lot right there yeah thanks john we really appreciate <laughs> thank it thank you john be happy to join anytime appreciate it thank you awesome thanks buddy all right we'll be right back after a short break when we'll be continuing the strong tobacco talk but this time with brown Irish ex-pipe oh, tobacco yeah. from Gawith Hogarth. We'll be right back. Them up with Gawith Hogarth's Brown Irish X. Woo! Now, from TobaccoReviews.com, because uh, it is a bulk tobacco that comes in a bag, it doesn't really have a description on it. Um, it says uh, on TobaccoReviews.com that it is made with the same ingredients as the Black Irish X, which would be Burley, Kentucky, Virginia. Uh, but Brown Irish X comes straight off the spinning machine without any additional processing. The absence of the pressure and heating process that makes Black Irish X 
means this tobacco retains all of its strength. It is manufactured by Gawith Hogarth & Co. It is a Virginia Burley kind of blend. It's got Vir uh, Burley, Kentucky, and Virginia. It is a rope. Let me uh, show you a little bit about what this looks like. If I reach down here. And that is what we're talking about, people. Brown Irish X. Sausage rope. Sausage rope. <laughs> Sausage rope. Where's mm -hmm. Kendra when you need her? As the beautiful master meat. has dubbed it herself. It is some incredible stuff. So you take that rope, you cut it into coin-sized slices, and then you rub it out into flakes, or you cut it up even more into cubes. Now, let me tell you, before we get into this, um, one of the reasons for the rope uh, is like a, a cake or a plug, it helps the tobacco retain its moisture. So once you get this stuff and cut it up, you need to let it sit out for a while. The stuff that we have in our pipes, we had out all day long. Mm -hmm. I cut it up around 10.30 this morning, and I'll be honest, it was a little bit crispy. It was, But yeah. you put it into your pipe, and you realize this isn't really dry. Nope. This still takes a few lights to get going. It yeah. does. And once it gets going, you're realizing Ooh. this is probably right around perfect. Ooh. So this Ooh. needs a lot of drying time. And Paul, uh, what are we pairing with the uh, brown Irish X tonight? Something new. Really? Yes. What is that something new, Paul? Do tell. The Sagamore Spirit Rye Whiskey. The Sagamore Spirit Rye Whiskey. <laughs> Wait, whoa. Isn't that the same? St no. It is. It is? It is. It's the same stuff we had in the first half? Some good rye right here. Oh, we wouldn't dare go backwards, my friend. Not with this tobacco. No. we got to keep it going. On a night like this, when you are smoking really strong stuff, you need some really strong stuff. And Nick's glad it's not oh, something yeah. sour. I am so happy it's not sour. <laughs> I'm so happy there's no Sour Patch Kids messed up with this. I just want that alcohol. I smell it burning through my veins. You tap my vein right now. Mm, yeah, there it but, is. Uh, nicotine and rye whiskey, baby. There you go. Now Sausage uh, rope. Yeah, sausage rope. Um, now, Gawith Hogarth is, again, one of the few European companies that is still independently owned and operated in Europe. Most of them have been bought up by Scandinavian Tobacco Group or other groups like that. Um, they are based in Kendall, England, and they date back officially to 1887. Nice. And their roots go back even further than that because nice the machines they use and the processes that they use date back all the way to 1792. Wow. And to say that they mo make tobacco the old-fashioned way is no exaggeration. The machines that they use to produce their twists and flakes are the same machines that were used back when they started, which date back to the 1790s. Nice. They have not been able to find modern machinery that reproduces the same effect 
And so these machines, which are on the National Historic Registry in England, are still being used on a daily basis to make tobacco, not the least of which is Brown Irish X. As a matter of fact, smokingpipes.com goes so far as to call it Old Testament tobacco. That's about as old as you can get. Now, I would like to know what your initial thoughts are on this tobacco and the pairing. And I'm going to start with Dave. Mm, Dave I'm not sure why, with but his I'm church going to start warden. with Dave and his little fourth generation <laughs> church warden. Dave and confused. Yep. I'm Daved and confused. What? So I'm getting a lot of tobacco notes. Yes, tobacco notes. <laughs> Which are telling me about like this the sweet, the sweet meat, um, um, <laughs> little bit of floral in the retro hail. Sweet meat and a little bit of floral in the retro hail. Mm-hmm. I think the the pairing is really good. It's bringing out, I think, a lot of the sweetness. Um, but yeah, it's I'm really loving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yum. I'm <laughs> yummy. <laughs> Yummy. You could be I on the smoke. Drew Barrymore the show, way. Dave. That's the kind of talk they like to have there. She got a Nick, show? what about you? Yes, she has a show. I was That's not aware mm-hmm. that she had a show. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the same tasting profiles that Dave has. Yum. Sweet. Yum, yum notes. <laughs> um, some mes- mesquite in there. Mm-hmm. Nice smoky. Uh, definitely getting a little sweet and floral notes on the retrohale. Um Earth, deep, rich, just really bombarding my palate right now. Mm. Um, but it's 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 really good and interesting. It's definitely complex as well. Excellent, very nice. Uh, Paul, what are you picking up from this? Well, first, I want to talk about the room note. The room note. The room note. The room note. The is, note in the room. Yes, and when I first Otherwise let this known up, known as the wife factor. Is that your cat? (laughs) (laughs) When I first lit this up, the room note was an intoxicating incense. Mm. Very floral-like. Just just wonderful. Um, On the first few draws, I got a lot of that nice deep fruit, but also some wood. Mm -hmm. uh, Charred, almost. Like a charred flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily a charred meat flavor like we did with the Black Irish X. Mm Um, and just, but it's just a, a really, really wonderful, deep, but smooth spice on the retro hill. Just, it, it's just a, this is just a really, really beautiful tobacco. Really, really love it. You can, and you can definitely tell that it is strong. Yeah. There is a, is a strength to this that, um, I've only experienced maybe a handful of times with other uh, tobaccos, uh, the brown number four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit on that on the on the black uh, black Irish X too, but this one takes it up a notch. Mm-hmm. This is <clears throat> strong stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, lots of deep charred wood notes, mm. leather, earth. There's a lot of deep spice here. There's a sweetness to it mm-hmm. from the Virginia. It's a very deep kind of sweetness, but you're not experiencing those 
really nice kind of stewed fruit notes so much as maybe roasted nuts. It's Whoa. it's a it's a it's roasted nuts, Dave. Ooh. And smoked that. roasted nuts. Capture that. It is really, really good. It is very the feeling in the mouth, the mouth feel is very thick. Um, it's very rich. Um it does have a very, very pronounced smoky flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the room note just, ha- it does have a, a little bit of an incense kind of feel to it. But it, it's, you know, incense is kind of, you know, uh, I think is not as intense and lighter and maybe even a little bit more floral. This isn't that, but it has that sweetness to it. Yeah. There's a sweetness to the to the aroma of this tobacco, which is really, really good. Normally, we would have this type of, of uh, aroma and flavor with the incense if there mm-hmm. was Orientals present. But right. since there's no Orientals here, uh, I'm guessing this is probably from the Virginias. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that smokiness, I think, comes from the Kentucky, the dark-fired Kentucky that's mm. in here. The burley is what brings that kind of nuttiness, that deep kind of almost like a cocoa kind of sweetness to it. Um, it is really, really good. This is certainly not for the faint of heart oh, and not, not for the inexperienced uh, pipe smoker. If for no other reason, it's going to be a real, um, you know, I can't say the word, but it ends with itch, you know, to, to light. <laughs> You know, and it's going to give you some issues unless you give it some serious drying time uh, like we did today. Uh, Just an incredible, incredible tobacco, though. If you want something, you know, normally when people want something very full flavored, that's very full bodied. Yeah. You know, they'll go to an English blend, something with Latakia in it. Yep. This is one of those tobaccos that will give you that very full bodied experience without the Latakia. If you do not like Latakia, if that's not your thing, maybe something like this is right up your alley. Now, truth be told, I think this is one of the strongest pipe tobaccos I've ever had. But what what I'd like to ask you guys um, is what are some of the strongest cigars or pipe tobaccos that you have ever smoked and if you haven't gotten to them yet, maybe what are some of those cigars or pipe tobaccos that you really would like to smoke? You can go either way, but uh, let's let's start that conversation with you, Nick. What are some of the strongest cigars that you have smoked? Uh, so the strongest cigars would be, in not any particular order, would have to be the NAS mm-hmm. by LFD, Double Aero Digger, the um the name is escaping me right now. Uh the pissed off Christoph. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the triple Maduro by Aurora. That triple Maduro is is as delicious as it is, mm-hmm. it is definitely strong. It's you, up there. Are you talking about the Camacho? No, I'm not talking about the Camacho. The, the CBT um, Oh the CBT, okay. The CBT triple CBT. Maduro yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Aurora that um they have. It's a triple Maduro and it's one of my favorites from them. So those are those are the ones that I would definitely recommend if you're looking for a full body smoke. Those are the ones that I would definitely uh, 
gear you towards to buying, come on down at Twins. We have them. What about pipe tobacco? Pipe tobacco. Ah, oh, definitely this one. The brown, the brown X, um, black Irish X, and hmm, it'd probably be uh, the name again is escaping me. It's not um, not Quiet Nights. It's Gaslight. Gaslight. Gaslight is a strong one. The one that I haven't had that I've been kind of, you know, uh, walking on eggshells around mm-hmm. and tippy toeing around and not really getting to it yet is uh, <laughs> probably Pirate Cake. Pirate cake, yeah. That's the one that I probably want to want to try and want to get into, but mm. I'll have to smoke it outside of the shop. Pirate cake is tw- is seventy five percent Latakia. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lat bomb right there. That's yeah, a lat bomb. Now, Dave, what about you? You're you're a you're a guy who likes to get himself knocked on his butt. What what are your favorite strong cigar what's the strongest cigars or pipe what do you smoke with your church warden dave um i I you find your mouth with that church warden it's shaking i'm so dave i'm sorry i'm so used to you smoking your nording dave i'm 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 not used to you seeing this eight inch stem protruding from your mouth whoa that's what she said (laughs) i'm not sure that was uh appropriate or appropriate yes (laughs) No, I only I actually the church warden. Uh, that's my favorite pipe to smoke strong tobacco from because I feel like um, how it cools the smoke down with the long stem allows you to enjoy more of the tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like my favorite strong pipe tobacco, I would have to say is Bird's Eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Bird's followed, Eye is strong. Stuff. Followed by you know Brown Irish X and Black Irish X and uh, yeah, those are my those are my top three. What about cigars? Uh, cigars, um, I would say the uh, the limited, well, it wasn't limited, but sort of the uh, uh, slobber knocker. I thought was a really strong cigar. I thought that was uh, that was pretty up there. Also, the knuckle dragger that actually made me loopy. Um, really, and, ob- and also the nos. Obviously, that was probably the strongest cigar I've had yet, as far as uh, nicotine is concerned. Paul, what about yourself? So cigar-wise, the uh, Superfly. No, not <laughs> even close. That's a good cigar, but I don't find it. No. I don't find it strong. Not it's, at all. It's it's full body. I mean, it's full body, but it's not right. strength. Uh, as far as strength is concerned, uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua da Corojo is right up there with me. The mm. uh, Double Hero Chisel is uh, from LFD is absolutely there. Uh, the Christoph Pistoff. Uh, for strength, not body, but for strength is is right there too. Um, the uh, Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder is yes, another is I another one. one, but that's got a lot of flavor with it too. So it's got body and strength right. too. Uh, it's it, and it's approachable. It's not uh, an in your face, but it definitely creeps up on you. Um, so I would uh, and then as far as pipe tobacco is concerned, uh, the Squadron Leader. I think is is pretty is pretty uh, full of body. The brown number four, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm-hmm. dark bird's eye, yes, and the black Irish X, without a doubt. Mm. <clears throat> well, as f- for me, as far as strong, in your face, you know, the NAS is right up there with the best of them. Um, it's not really a cigar you smoke because you want a. Um, tasty something 
it's it, it is it's more like a cigar you know i want something really strong that's going to kick me in the face that's why you smoke an nas that's 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 what it is that it's a kick in the face um i think the pissed off christoph is definitely one of the strongest cigars out there and again strength i believe you know is really referring to the amount of nicotine that's in a cigar the kind of the way it's like, like John was saying, the way it's going to make you feel is really describing strength. And then body is more describing the intensity of the flavors in what you're tasting. And, you know, when it comes to the pissed off Kristoff, it's really, as far as body goes, very medium bodied. It's yep, very it smooth. It's yep. very creamy. You yep. smoke it and you go, well, this wasn't really strong. And then you try and stand up and realize you can't. Yes. And that's when you realize this this had a lot more going on than you thought. It, and it's what? It's 7.9%, almost 8% nicotine. Mm-hmm. And understand the average cigar is somewhere between, you know, 2 and 3% nicotine. So that's really, really strong for a, for a uh, cigar. Um, the, uh, LFD also has some other ones that I would say are very strong. The digger, like you were saying, the chisel, the double hero chisel, um, my original pick for doing the strong cigar for the show was the, uh, the, uh, Oro Maduro, Mm. uh, which I also think is a very strong, uh, cigar that LFD makes. Uh, but the NOS definitely fits that bill. Strong pipe tobacco, I'll be honest, the strongest pipe tobaccos I've had uh, are from Gawith Hogarth. The brown Irish X that we're smoking tonight, black Irish X, which is not as strong because the the heating and the process bleeds out the nicotine in the tobacco. And because this is not exposed to that process, it's got all of its strength there. And dark bird's eye, which I think is like the espresso of pipe tobaccos. You've got this great flavor, uh, not terribly complex, but it's a nice, strong flavor uh, of pipe tobacco. And I really enjoy that. I still have that almost every day. It is a great, great pipe tobacco. The only problem with Gawith Hogarth is that it's a small company and therefore this stuff is not available, you know, in large quantities, and it's hard to find. We're fortunate here to twi- at Twins that we still have some uh, brown Irish X, um, but it's not in a lot of places. And right now we're we're back ordered on the Dark Bird's Eye. We're waiting to get that Black Irish X. We're back ordered on, and. Um, uh, but this is some really, really good stuff. If if the NOS was kind of just a kick in your face, this is, provides that same kick in the face, but with a little more finesse and a little more panache. It's like because it's got a little bit more going on. It's like getting hit in the face with a bat that's wrapped in red velvet. Okay. <laughs> If you guys can hang with that, I, that's my opinion on it. Versus barbed wire. Versus barbed wire. This is the way. Yes, this is the way. Um, but yeah, the the Nas is is a unadulterated 
nicotine bomb that's just there. It's got some really nice flavor, but that is just mm. unadulterated nicotine going straight onto your palate, mm. into your blood veins. And by the time you're done with it, you're, you're barely standing. This, you're getting some complexity. You're getting some really nice flavor out of it. Mm -hmm. The sweet mesquite that I'm getting from it is really enjoyable, mm -hmm. but it is strong. Like yeah. I said, it's for me, it's like getting hit in the face with a baseball bat that's wrapped in velvet. It's, it's painful, but it's really nice at the same time. And you want sausage rope. Sausage rope. Want to take another hit of that sausage rope there, you, Nick? You know I do. Mm -hmm. no. Now, have you ever been told about a cigar or a pipe tobacco that's strong and you're like, oh, I want to go try that? And you go and try it. No, didn't, didn't make the cut. Uh, I, to be honest, the first time I tried this, it didn't make the cut. This is the second time I've had this. The first time you introduced me to this, mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I like the dark, uh, the dark uh, Irish X. That for me was better than this. This was too strong. I didn't get the flavors that I was looking for. Maybe I should have had a Nas and some some rye whiskey <laughs> beforehand. Uh, maybe it would have uh, softened up my palate a little more. Um, but this, the second time around, is a lot better. This is the one that I was kind of, you know, walking on eggshells around when you told me about this. I know Paul had it. Zeke had it. Zeke loves it. Um, Dave loves it. But I was just kind of like a little scared of it. And I didn't want that feeling of overwhelming nicotine in my veins. Mm. You've, been, you've been scared on a couple of different uh cigars too like the fausto yeah you had mentioned that you were scared to smoke that but that right. is not that bad it's 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 it, not it has a history i think of being of being a stronger it, cigar but I, I, think I think it's toned down a little bit yeah i think it's i think it's the strongest cigar that tatuai makes or pushes out and in the beginning when i started smoking pretty religiously it was a cigar that i kind of stayed away from a friend of mine bob you know, God love him. He can smoke a box and he's fine. <laughs> and when the first time I had it, I got through half of it and I was just like, oh, no, it's not for me. It's too strong. But now I see it as a really full bodied, full strength cigar. That's a, incredibly enjoyable. And don't you think like with the, the uh, Faustos, when they originally came out, they were like really, really kind of in your face, yeah. peppery strong. Yeah. I, I and now so. they're not so much. Right. Yeah. You know, I think the blend is the same. Maybe the soil content is is different, which, you know, the the tobacco grows differently in the soil. Maybe it's something different. Maybe they're rolling it differently now. Um, or maybe it's just because, you know, you've had stronger. Yeah, so it, it been, could be. Been your tolerance level has increased. Yeah, I think that could be as well, um, that my tolerance <laughs> level <laughs> has elevated to a, a whole new level. So, um, but yes, I... I'm enjoying that one, and I'll be going back to the Brown Irish soon enough. Very, very cool. Paul, have you ever been disappointed by anything you were expecting to be a stronger cigar? Not, not disappointed. I was actually pleasantly surprised was the Neanderthal mm. because we had, we had heard about this. This was before you actually had uh, come onto the scene, Dan, mm -hmm. and brought in the Roma Craft line to Twins. Uh, but we kept hearing customers talking about Neanderthal. Do we have the Romacraft Neanderthal? And they said, oh, it's a very strong cigar. And I'm like, well, no, we don't. But when we first brought it in and uh, we tried it, 
I was expecting a, a more of a in your face, but because it's got that San Andreas Maduro wrapper and mm-hmm. the, the, the the Nicaraguan the the Pennsylvania sucker one punch uh, sucker one uh, yeah punch. <laughs> Somebody's had a little too much <laughs> sucker one punch Lajero, uh, but it's so well constructed, so well blended. It's so uh, rich, complex, uh, just a wonderful full body. And and I'd say maybe medium full strength. It's not a it's not a major strong cigar. Uh, that's probably the one that that I would say it's not as strong as I thought it would be. But I'm so glad uh, mm. it's not because I've I've smoked a lot of the, those. It's full body. It is full body. It's yeah, full body. It's not yeah. it's not not full strength in terms of right, in your right, face. It's just right. it's just a great cigar. It's really a, really. That's one of my favorite stronger cigars yep, that's that's is. out there. It's it not as strong as a Nas. Um, or, you know, even as a, as a pissed off Christoph, but it has a a lot richer flavor than a pissed off. It does. And it is very, very complex in the way they've blended it. Even though the flavors are all strong, it really is just a great Mm -hmm. party in your mouth. I just can't explain it. Aromatherapy. It's hashtag aromatherapy. That's right. Now, um, Paul, yes. what do you have for news tonight? This is kind of a uh, just more of a official announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this uh, a month or two ago, ago yep. but effective October first, New York cigar tax increases to seventy five percent. Actually happened. Yes, it did. All the loopholes have been removed. They Cigars have been. are now actually. Taxed seventy five percent on the wholesale price. No longer industry standard. So cigars sold in the state of New York will now be much more expensive. Mm. The tax paid on cigars has increased from an effective rate of twenty eight point five percent of the wholesale price to seventy five percent. For context, a cigar with an MSRP of nine fifty likely retailed for around twelve dollars and twenty one cents under the old tax system. It will now increase to sixteen point six three dollars before sales tax, which is sixteen dollars and sixty-three cents. New York's unca- <laughs> uncapped. Now, this is this is this is the key word: uncapped. Seventy-five percent tax means that it joins Alaska as the state with the second highest tax rate for cigars in the U.S. Does anyone know what state carries the highest tax rate? Vermont. Vermont. Yes. Give that guy, give that man a cigar. Or a round of what applause, at least. What tax rate is oh, Vermont? 92%. Yeah. 92%? However, the reason why I said uncapped is the key word is because they do cap it at uh, $2 for any cigar that's under $10 and $4 for any cigar that's over $10. Utah. Utah is what I would have said. Is 86% uncapped. Woo! So... That's the biggest difference. There is no cap on any cigars sold in Utah. <clears throat> so, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. I am, I Sad. feel nothing but pain for my brothers and sisters who smoke in the state of New York, the great state of New York. I can't imagine how they're going to keep supporting brick and mortar stores there. Well, we I actually just spoke with a sales rep who will remain nameless, but uh, he came in and today and told me that basically his New York territory is kaput. Mm-hmm. He's already 
uh, said that he's known a couple of different cigar stores that are closing down because of this. Wow. And uh, that, you know, sales will probably plummet as a result. And uh, that's just unfortunate. How are you going to sell like that, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're operating yeah. at that high percentage. That's crazy. That is nuts. Incredible. I, yeah. I And, <laughs> you know, therein lies the, the rub. As much as states or municipalities will tell you that they are taxing cigars for health reasons. Yeah. They're taxing because they want money and they yep. need money yep. and they're looking for ways to make money. And so they look at cigars as a way to tax and make money. But if you're going to put the shops out of business, you're not going to make the money. I don't understand the rationale for these immense taxes. 75% just seems incredibly excessive. And whatever they've put into their budget that assumes we're going to get 75% of X, they're not going to get even a fraction of that. Yeah, if the business is not there, they're not getting any. Because those people will go and shop out of state. Yep. They will go to mail order. Yep. And or they will drive across the border yep. if they're near the border. And we've seen that, you know, you know, we're located very close to Massachusetts. We're not far from Maine either, or Vermont for that matter. We have customers who come from Vermont. There's no tax on tobacco in New Hampshire right now, thank God. And we see a lot of that business come to us because mm -hmm. you'll save huge money. We've got customers who come when they come down for their vacation from Canada, they'll come and they'll stop at twins and they'll spend big money because even when they have to pay the taxes going back over the border, they're still going to save money versus what they would pay for the cigar if they actually purchased it in Canada, wherever they live. It's, um, it's, it's mind-boggling to me how people think this is going to work and ends up causing more problems than it, than it is, solves. Than it solves. Yeah. Because these shops that are going out of business, it's people who are now out of work. Yep. That's yeah. businesses that were paying taxes yep. you know, on whatever they were buying. They were paying real estate taxes. You know, they were paying taxes to the towns for whatever, you know, it's all that's going to be gone. I don't understand why people continue to do this. It just doesn't work. No, never has and never will. Nope. Nope. I just don't get it. Now, uh, are you guys ready for a would you rather question? You oh, know yeah. I am. We actually missed it last week. I'm a little bit disappointed about that, but... It meant I didn't have to think of one for this week, which is nice. <laughs> now, we're coming into the fall season, uh, and here in New England, that means, you know, the nights get to be around 50 degrees. Still warm enough to be outside. A little bit. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll uh, make a little fire, sit around the fire pit. <clears throat> Maybe you have one of those little fire tables outside, you know, got little one. gas yep. fire table or something like that. We definitely have one at Twins. Come on we down. We do have one at Twins. 
Now, here is my question for you. Would you rather smoke outside in the fall by a fire or inside in front of a fireplace? Oh, that's a no-brainer for me. I would absolutely 100% rather smoke my cigar or pipe tobacco outside in front of a fire. Outside in front of a fire. I, I am an outside I'm an outdoors person. Yeah. I, I I would rather be outdoors even in the winter time. It doesn't matter. I'll bundle up and <laughs> even even if we don't I know we talked about this before, you know. I mean, we talk about my dog walker being like an hour and a half long as I'm mm. in the middle of winter when I'm taking Fletch for a walk. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's it's just a, <clears throat> to me, I, I'm more comfortable being outside. I love the outdoors. It, it doesn't matter really how cold it is. I, I'll just put on an extra layer, uh, sit in front of a fire if it's available to me, even though I'm in the city. It's not really <laughs> available to me, but either way. Um, but burn yeah, all I, those I, masks I, that you, you know, burn you all those up. masks that we, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it, no doubt about it. I would absolutely rather be outside in front of a fire. Dave? I would much rather be inside in front of a fireplace. Inside in front of a, whatever inside. for, Dave? I don't know. I like the, uh, I think it, you get to enjoy the aroma from a uh, fire better inside than you do outside. Yep. And I'm not a big fan of the cold. No? I like being warm. You like being warm? Yep. You can't bundle up like Paul and, and be outside? I can, but I'd rather not. Why not? Because I like being warm. <laughs> I don't like being next to a fire. I like uh, I don't like being bundled, bundled up or whatever. Do you have a fireplace at your place, Dave? Nope. So realistically, your only option right now is to smoke inside. Smoke inside in front of a fire on that's that's on YouTube. projecting on your TV. Yep. <laughs> yep. Or I'll go to I'll go to Dan's house and. Because his study has I a had a feeling that was it. coming up. Yep. <laughs> they have a they have a special wonderful. they have a special channel on Netflix where you can play it and it's a video of a fireplace yes. for yeah. like four hours. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what Dave oh, does. Or YouTube, but yeah. yeah, you yeah. just pull it right yeah. up. Do you play that on your phone when you're outside on your porch, all no. bundled up, smoking a cigar? No, we don't. <laughs> no. Tricking the, yourself no. into thinking you're warm. No. No, unless unless the phone radiates, which mine does. Now, so do you, old. So old. Do you <laughs> from do the you, battery? So old. Do, you, do you smoke stronger cigars out in the winter so that you oh, don't yes. feel your toes? Yes, I do. Yes, I'm. I'm without a doubt. If it's going to be day or nighttime outside, it's going to have to be a medium full of full body cigar, without a doubt, for sure. Now, yeah. what about you, Nick? I'm an outside guy. Outside. Yeah, guy. my dog loves to go on walks. We love to go on hikes. Again, you guys have heard I have a 130-pound Rottweiler, and he needs his exercise. Mm -hmm. So between running him and just being outside, being outside, I don't mind. As cold as it gets up here in New England, I got my winter smoking jacket, which you've guys seen. Once we get into the winter season or full winter season, everybody online will see it. Um, but I'll build a nice big fire in my backyard. And just sit there for at least two hours, smoking and drinking. A nice strong bourbon keeps you warm, brother. Do you? Do you? Are you gonna this year gonna set that fire in your chicken coop? Uh, so the chickens can <laughs> a little up too. A little, a little fire for the chickens. 
I get hungry, I could just rip rip the feathers off. I was just gonna say, you know, right in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do that. One is a uh, one turkey is already uh, spoken for for next month. So. Uh-huh. He's uh one just not, one not not the other. My wife won't let me do both. We'll just I'm fattening him up. He's the male. We actually had a conversation today about which is going, and she's like, "Oh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, butcher any of the turkeys, right?" Because I told that to her father yesterday, um, and I was like, "No, the male's probably gonna be going. You need the the female to kind of run the coop a little bit." Excuse me. Um, you gonna barf? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, so the the male's probably going. He's the biggest right now. He's about 35, 40 pounds. Um, so he's probably gonna go, and we'll raise some more turkeys next year. But yes, outside in front of a fire with some strong bourbon, a nice strong cigar that keeps you warm. You don't feel the cold after 10, 15 minutes. And you just kind of float off into cigar heaven. Mm. How about you, Danny? I know you got your study. Everybody knows you got your study. Everybody knows I got my study. And one of the reasons I bought the house was because it came with the study. Nice. With a fireplace. And that's nice. And uh, I prefer to be inside. Um, I can be outside in front of a fire when it's 50 degrees outside. Which you that's fine. also have. Out in, the, out in the fall. <laughs> but once it drops below 40 you know, I'm not really comfortable outside anymore. And yeah, you can bundle up and you can, you know, but smoking a pipe or a cigar where, while you're wearing Gore-Tex gloves is like not my idea of fun. When you're smoking a pipe, <clears throat> the pipe keeps your hand the warm. The pipe you does just, keep your hand just warm. Just switch hands. It's the, nicest, it's the nicest thing. And the bourbon stays cold. But when you can nice. be inside and have your shoes off in front oh, of the yeah. fire... And mm. stretching out and just be warm all over yeah, without man. having any of that extra I do stuff that. On. You know what I mean? I oh, put, it is I put my so feet up, good. I put my feet up Get on the fire without that, my shoes on. Get yourself that bourbon and sit in front of the fireplace and light up a cigar, light up a pipe. Ooh, it is heaven, baby. There Maybe some of us are just jealous, Dan, that we don't have a fireplace and that we can't smoke indoors. Yeah, well, we I, have have a, have, I have a fireplace inside. The wife does not let me smoke inside. Yes, we, need, we need to have a show at Dan's house this winter. Why not? We can we can arrange that. We can work that out. In front that. of the fire? Yep, in front of the fire. Well, sure. then we'll do it. We'll all have our our robes on, our not just phone <laughs> smoke robes with our slippers. Slippers. Mm-hmm. slippers. Absolutely. And our church wardens. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We can make that happen. I'm down for that. <laughs> That would, be a, that would be a nice uh, and Then we can do another show uh, at Nick's for the outside. If you guys want to. In the coop. In the, with the coop. <laughs> in well, the we'll, coop. We'll have the coop as the background <laughs> image. We'll call it the cigar coop. The, the cigar, cigar coop. coop. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but that would be a nice follow-up to the uh, ladies' night. The ladies' night takeover. Yes. Oh, cave. yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Yep. No we wig can, for me that time, though. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. Now, um, what is our final verdict here on uh, the guy with Hogarth, Brown Irish X? Brown X. Nick. Delicious. It's actually, like I said, for me being, you know, having it the second time around, it's a lot better the second time around. 
It's a lot of complex flavors there. The sweetness, the mesquite. Uh, just like Dave said in the beginning, I know you guys were laughing at him, but I got a lot of that like sweet meat in there, which is really enjoyable. Amen. Um, strong, but not for me, not too overwhelming. Not like the Nas where it's just unadulterated Lajero just bombarding your palate. This is an enjoyable bat to the face. Like I said earlier, it's a it's a bat that's wrapped in red velvet, and it's beautiful. It's it's strong, but it's it's really got some nice flavor behind it. It's really good. Dave, what do you think? Well, I concur with what Nick says, except for the bat to the face. Aww. Um, it's uh, the flavor intensity is is dialed up to ten for me. Um, the sweet meat. Um, I I don't know if it's because of the nas, but I'm not getting as much of a as a buzz baby from this that I was with uh, with the nas. Um, maybe it's because I'm already <laughs> nicotined out from from the from the nas. He's tapped out. Um, but uh, I I love this type of tobacco. I love the brown uh, number four. I love the black Irish X. Um, the ropes I think are just uh, some of the best pipe tobaccos out there. Absolutely, mm. Paul. Smoky, charred wood, the deep fruit, the floralness. It's just, it's all there for you. It the really, floralness. The floralness. <laughs> He's just oh, spitting out words now. Yeah, it, it's, it's. Creating uh, words left and I right. am creating words. I feel like I'm Dave. Oh. It's transaved and confused. Uh, no, it's, it's a, uh, <laughs> this has been a, this has been a really, really uh, great tobacco it really is a lot of a lot of flavors there uh, the uh, i'm not getting that meat flavor uh, mm-hmm. like i was with the black irish x i think that was a lot more of a smoky meat burnt mm-hmm. ends but this is more of a smoky charred wood mm-hmm. to me um a deep uh almost stone fruit but just really deep fruit that the retrohale wow just really oh, deep a lot of flavor there a lot the of retro. a lot of flavor and smoothness just Really, really great. Now, this may be an unfair question, but which do you think was stronger, the Brown Irish X or the Nas? Ooh. I'm well, gonna, I'll, 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 I'll go okay. first. I'll right, go first. Right. I think this is stronger. I think this is stronger than the Nas. Oh, man. Now, I will admit <laughs> that maybe the the nicotine on on top yeah. of nicotine yeah. is making me think that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I am having smoked this before. This is really strong stuff. I it think is. this is stronger than the NOS. Uh, I think I think NOS is in your face. Yeah. But this is more I think this is a stronger thing. Yeah. I, 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 I wish I had this on its own without having the NOS before. Because yeah. then I can then I would then I would be able to see what your what your your feeling is on this because I have no feeling. My feeling is <laughs> I have none. Do but, I have arms and legs? But it looks this, like but this, I do. This but has I strength can't. and body yeah. to yeah. it. The Nas was just strength. I, I think no body. Yeah, I, I think I think the brown Irish X is stronger because it has the flavor behind it. The Nas has some flavor, 
but it's it's not as full body as this. This has both elements of that that we were talking about earlier. Yes. That it has the body and it has the strength. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I think it's a complete package. The Nas, I think it's kind of one sided and like uh, John was saying, it was kind of one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Paul was saying that earlier as well. Um, and it's just strength with some flavor. It's not much body there. Like you get with a lot of other cigars. Mm-hmm. I think the the LFD Lenox, the Vocada, Double Ajero, all the Double Ajeros, they have the body with it that makes it as strong as it is. But I think I would have to say that the Brown Irish is probably stronger. Dave? Um, uh, uh, let me collect my thoughts and pull up my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Which is stronger, the Nas or the Brown Irish X? I feel like I would have to say the Brown Irish X just because it um, it does have more of the the flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. You get both at the same time as opposed to like, you know, not maybe so much flavor, but heavy nicotine. And this is just definitely both. Um, but remember, like a you double know, strength isn't really about the flavor. It's about the, the kick. Mm-hmm. I think this has more of a kick and more flavor. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think this definitely has more flavor, but I would have to smoke it alone again to decide that. Yeah, of course you would. So we wouldn't know until sometime next week or next month, even. <laughs> I, I do want to give kudos to the Sagamore for being able to keep up with both for tobaccos sure. for me, at least. Mm. I think it was a a, a good pairing. Um, I think it's it yes. provided enough of a backbone uh, to uh, provide uh, a good complementary. It's a complementary pairing for me. Definitely. Yep, on both the Nas and the Brown Irish X, um, it has a lot of that that spice, the black pepper, the 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 sweetness. Yeah. Uh, but the strength, and it it did not disappoint. I think it was a a really good pairing. Yep. I concur. Cast strength. Cast strength. Is definitely what you want with yes. either of these. Tobacco's here. Yep. Now, next week, little preview is uh, Super Size Me. Yes. Uh, extra large cigars and pipes. And we're going to have Asylum's Jimmy Price with us. Oh, Jimmy. And we are going to be smoking the Asylum Pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to do the 8x80 Asylum? No. no. We are doing the Pandemonium, which is 85 by 70 that's a good nice. one. Oh. We're doing the large one. I like one. that one. That's and, good one. That's going to uh, take us all day to smoke that one. We're going to be yeah, smoking that. going to be and one long segment. Next week in some very large pipes, we're going to be smoking the new release. It'll be released uh, on the 7th of October. We're going to be smoking this year's release of Carolina Red Flake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll have extra large bowls with that and talking about how extra large pipes uh, affect our experience of of the tobacco, just like how extra large cigars and big ring gauges affect uh, our experience of the tobacco and Jimmy Price will be here with us next week live and in person. Oh yeah, nice. Not coming at us from Miami like Mr. Carney. No, and we're glad for that. We're always glad when Jimmy can be with us. Be sure to follow us on um, Facebook.com. If you're watching us, you already know where we are. But uh, Facebook.com uh, forward slash NJBS podcast and at 
not just blowing smoke on Instagram to make sure you don't miss a thing. Danny, yeah. people, what? We also have an event this Friday, don't we? We do. We, yes, do. we do. You do. Well, we do. We do. We do. Well, London Dairy does. What's that event? That's the Tatuaje event starting at 3 o'clock. Tatuaje will be live and in person at Twins in London Dairy. And we'll be here at Hooksit on the 30th. And we're going to be doing our show that Friday, oh, the 30th, Craig, Craig. live at the show. Live. That is going to be a fun event. Yep. And um, we're still working on, out how that's going to work. But it's going to be a fun, fun time. You're not going to want to miss that. But next week, Super Size Me with Jimmy Price, Pandemonium, Head to Twins, and pick yourself up a big huge pandemonium cigar mm. and after the 7th of october carolina red flake you're not oh, yeah. going to want to miss it we'll see you next week stay smoky my friends that's not just blowing smoke thanks everyone another day another smoke boys you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of twins smoke shop new england's premier smoke shop right to you wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.